Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show, give us that five-star review. It's about time. And as always, we taught judging in MMA, so head on over to abcboxing.com. Hopefully it's updated and read that criteria. Yeah, you know, that uh, that that email that I meant to send out to the ABC and Mike Masuli and all them to, <laughs> to note how, hey, we'd be looking for that updated criteria. Didn't happen this week. Right. Just completely slipped my mind. I did the show and then I forgot. That's all right. <laughs> That's a good reminder for me. Uh, one more thing I can add to my list of many things to do this week. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this we're coming off a busy week weekend, I should say, in the MMA world. At least for yeah. anyone who you know watched more than just UFC. Busy just... Saturday night. Busy Saturday night. Um, yeah, I had I watched what thirteen fights. Yep. Yeah, that's all that happened this weekend. That is not true at all. Uh, there was definitely some Bellator, definitely some PFL. It was a very very busy. Uh, and then anyone who cared about boxing, there was a boxing on uh, in the evening. I accidentally watched like five rounds of that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Or congratulations. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was just on. It was like kind of background noise. Oh, okay. So you didn't. You but I found it. myself watching it, and I found how I like boxing. How engaged the referee was, which is what kind of uh, drew me to it a little Interesting. bit. Interesting. If I'm not mistaken, I think I heard that Tony Weeks was uh, was refereeing the the headliner with Tamfima Lopez. I I didn't stick around that one. I didn't either, so. but I could swear that I read that somewhere. Hmm. All right. So uh, yeah, there he is. Oh, those boxing judges. Stupid boxing judges. <laughs> Boy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously be focusing on, on UFC as we tend to do, especially because of this guy over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, man, Cheeto Vera. What what can you say about that that freaking knockout? He won. It was a great performance. Well, that, that great you knockout. Could say, you could certainly say he won. That's great, not great, wrong. Great knockout. Yeah. I think he was losing up until that point. He actually was at, he, technically like he, he literally was losing he up until that was, point. Was yes. losing. Yeah, Dom was fighting a great fight. He just had to avoid that one power shot, and but, unfortunately, he didn't for I mean, whoever was rooting for Dom. The thing was, yeah, I mean, he was losing, but he was also gaining momentum. Like he won the last round, he was winning that round probably up until that point. In my mind, too. The th- but the thing is, though, he let himself dig a hole. Oh sure, you absolutely, know. and and you know this is not really new when it comes to Marlon Vera. Right. You know the the first round in particular is always a tough one for him. He's definitely um, benefiting heavily from getting five rounds to work with. This is yeah. someone who was built to be in main events. Yeah, obviously we've seen him come you know come back and have stronger performances in later rounds. We saw him get the finish here. Uh, I think when he finished off Frank Yeager, granted it was the third round, uh, that's still later in the fight that he's kind of building his momentum up for. Mm-hmm. It. This is this is where he really gets going, and that's going to make him really interesting as he kind of continues to move his way back up in the rankings and the chance to you know get that title shot maybe. So I guess the question we ought to be asking here is how likely is it that he's already done enough to be you know the man on deck? For the Bantamweight title, uh, one, you know, once they get it sorted out next month. In another division, I'd say, yeah, for sure. Mm. But Bantamweight is so top-heavy uh, as far as who can... You can plug anyone in there and give them a title shot, I think. I mean, not anybody. You can't plug Dominic Cruz in there. I mean, you got... you got Okay, well, he's, he was eight coming in. But you got me, Rob, and, and Jose Aldo this weekend. The winner of that could uh, have an argument for it. The winner of that gets tricky, though. 
because if Marab wins, he's not going to fight Aljo. Yeah, a little drama there. I he, like he won't. It. He won't do it. I actually just talked to him the other day. That's just that's nothing he's he's interested in doing. The friendship's too important. Okay, so so Jose, I I I, I picked up on that. He wanted to be in every picture. <laughs> um, but uh, Jose Aldo, he wins. How are you gonna tell that guy no? That's true. Everyone was that's writing him true. off not too long ago. And then there's also the fact that uh, you you've got Sean O'Malley going in there against Peter Yan the same night as the the title <laughs> fight between Sterling and and. Uh, and TJ Dillashaw, if if O'Malley goes in there and he beats Peter Yan and he does it impressively, especially, I mean, how can you really, really make the case promotionally that they wouldn't do that? Yeah, I mean, you this know? this is like I get it. The booking for this fight is like, you know what? We really held him back so long. Just throw him to the top right now. I know. Right? Let's see what happens. It's a little strange, especially after the last fight where he wasn't necessarily winning that fight, no matter how much he thought he was when he mm-hmm. did a stupid little jump shot after poking uh yeah. Pedro Munoz in the eye. Um you know, I I have my thoughts about how that fight might go and maybe I'll share them later uh when, when we get close to that fight. But either way, the the fact of the matter is it's not as cut and dried like you're saying. But I would put it like this. Let's say Mirab win. Let's say Aljo then win. All we're really talking about then is is Marlon Vera and the winner of the uh the O'Malley Yan fight, right? Yeah, and I could totally and, see And him. I guess potentially, I, should, I shouldn't I should ignore this, Henry Cejudo, because he's such a dark horse there. Like uh, I thought I thought that dried up, but I, I guess it's possible. I I mean, he's back in the pool, if I understand it. Like mm-hmm. he's, It seems like he's just looking for literally anyone to fight or to get his, uh, his name off of. Who nah. knows? I mean, if he's fighting at 35, <laughs> it makes a lot more sense. Basically, it would come down to, you know... Aljamain Sterling will have at least a little bit of a say in that. If he can kind of make some some steam behind that fight and it's a fight he wants, the, the UFC might do it, you know? Yeah, so Mirab winning really does throw a wrench into things. It does. As far as, and then yeah, Aljo would have Mirab to win. and Aljo. Win. Aljo would have to win as well. Right, right, right. That, that combination is what really mucks things up. But mm-hmm. if that doesn't actually happen, yeah, then, then the options are much more open. So that makes it a lot trickier for Cheeto, but... You know, to steer it again back to Cheeto, I do see him being at least, let's put it this way. I think right now he's on deck, but there could be a pinch hitter. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I kind of feel, I do, I love baseball, but I kind of feel it's 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 Aldo's title fight to lose. I think you're right, but he's got to win. Like, that's yeah. the problem is, is what are you just going to say? He's already beaten Marab? I guess. Yeah, I that's guess. the thing. You can't write that yeah. in yet. I, we'll we'll see how that goes this coming weekend. We'll talk a little bit of that fight uh, just a little later. But uh, you put this on here, and I was thinking the same thing, right? Like, pretty much right after, because all I'm thinking about is what, what fight are we going to get for, for Frankie Edgar, right? Is it time to get Dominic Cruz and Frankie Edgar together? Finally, last chance that we're really going to get for this fight, probably. The only chance. It's pretty much the only <laughs> chance, yeah. As long as Dominic Cruz wants to come back, he wants that fight. I don't know if he wants the fight, or who knows what the heck he wants I, to really do. I don't see it happening. I kind of don't either. But it really is like, we should get this fight, right? That, like that's they, the We're only... supposed to get this fight. We're supposed to get we this are, fight. Yeah, we're supposed to get it. We should. We deserve it. We it were supposed to get a lot of fights, too. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, this would definitely be added to... It wouldn't... The problem is, this is a fight that not everyone's been calling for and everything like that, like, forever. It's not going to go down as one of those, like, how did they not make mm. it happen kind of things, but, like, it really kind of should, I feel like, you know? Yeah. I, you know, yeah, I mean, would, think you agree. This would be a great fight. Yeah. In our backyard. And I think it'd be a lot of fun. Like, this this is, like, the type of fighter that I want to see Frankie Edgar go against at this point. You know, someone who doesn't necessarily hit the hardest, 
someone who can keep up with him movement wise. Um, but it will also satisfy this like champions from 11 years ago thing that I'm, I would love because it's, <laughs> it's like right around the time I was really, really into the sport, especially as a fan. Cause I hadn't quite started really covering the sport heavily. It kind of started that year, like later in the year um, where I started covering it a little bit more deeply. But at that point I was still much more like fan than some form of MMA media. Mm. Right. So there's, there's a lot of nostalgia there for me. So I really would love to see that, but yeah, I think I, I'm kind of, Let's hope. I mean, that, that nose, hopefully the nose doesn't need some kind of surgery well, or something. The, that is and... really the thing that it comes down to is, you know, will Dom actually be ready in three months? And then mm. does he want to? I mean, does he even want to fight again? Or is he going to be like, nah, I'm good? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know? Uh, and and I, don't see. See, I don't see him being someone who's just going to, like, hang him up in the cage. or And obviously he didn't. But, like, I could see him almost just not saying he's done fighting but like eventually he's just like yeah i'm done fighting you know it's, that it's, would be cruise in like in passion yeah but that's there's fighters that do that man it, that's not but too he, uncommon the uh i did there was a little video clip and i thought oh my god he's he's gonna throw his gloves in the cage here After oh they yeah i saw him start to started, take that off yeah. the tape off i'm like oh here I'm, we go i'm very triggered now so. but like, like literally anybody who <laughs> like reaches for their gloves while they're still yeah. in the cage i'm like what are you doing what are you doing you're trying to retire what's going on <laughs> It's like a dog with a bone, right? Um, but yeah, obviously nothing happened there. So I was like, okay, we're, we're all right. I mean, whatever. If he wants to retire, fine. Yeah. He wants to keep fighting. That's fine, too. I think he's got to know now that the path back to the title is is maybe not closed, but just but just about the, closed. The thing is, it's I just think, about closed. I think he can still fight. It's his chin. Oh, his chin is, is, is failing him. You know what? It's not even so much that. Like, he built his style. And he said this. Like, this isn't. This isn't some sort of original thought. Like he said this. He built his style so he'd avoid damage. You know? Oh, yeah. He really did. Like, he, no one was really ever... No one touched him very cleanly most of the time. So his opponents are just getting better than what he's fought in the past, I guess? You know, he, he had a lot of speed and a lot of elusiveness, and that, you know, that held for a while, but, you know, a lot of time has passed. He was champion 11 years ago, you know, for the, mm. you know, it was even longer ago the first time, but, like, during his real prime. is Actually, that was, I think, 2011... Might have been the year that he fought Mighty Mouse Johnson, and then he didn't fight again for another three years. Yeah, it was actually, something like that. Back, it was like October. So when I, we're almost ten years away from that. When I put this on there, I wanted to see what Dom's shortest turnaround was from his WEC till now. And his it's, shortest it's turnaround. His shortest turnaround. He fought he, a couple times in 2011. But I mean, would he be able to fight in two months or three months time? Oh, That's what I was oh. trying to. Has he ever done this before? I, and I didn't really find anything too close, but yeah, I I have significant doubts about so. that. But yeah, it's it's too bad. But I I still hold out hope that there might be a path to Cruz versus Aldo because that's another fascinating fight. Well, Mirab's gotta win. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. To to make that happen, you actually do need Al, Aldo to lose and then be interested in taking that fight. Mm-hmm. You know. So we'll see. Uh, maybe it, if Aldo, you never know what Aldo's thinking. Like, does he want to keep fighting for a long time? Because he's obviously still at the top of his game. And like you said, Cruz really is too. He just, he got caught and he's going to get more caught more like. Though the other thing I want to point out with Cruz is they, I think people are getting a lot more wise to the type of movements he does. Like that ducking of the head that he basically, yeah. that like. His patterns. Yeah. Cheeto was even saying like, yeah, someone sent me, my, my coach sent me a photo and I knew what to do from there. But like, yeah, I'm. It makes sense. There's there's a lot of things he does that you can. There's more film on him. Fighters have gotten better in general. Coaching has gotten mm-hmm. better, so it makes sense. But um, moving on from from Cruz though, there there was obviously that co-main event that was 
just bonkers. Um, kind of insane. I, you can't deny that it was bonkers. It was crazy. It was a wild fight. Uh, Nate Landwehr, David Onama. Was it fun? Was it awful? Or was it awful fun? It was fun, and then it turned awful. <laughs> And then it turned awful fun. The yeah. final like all right, so it was all of seconds. Them. Yeah, it's, it's, all it, it was them. all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Alan Chopin said something in the post fight um, at the at the desk, right? The analyst desk. He was saying something about it being like a classic and maybe like a UFC Hall of Fame fight. And I'm like, no, Zero just, shot just no, 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 no. This is this was a this was a fight between a couple of guys, and it was a fun fight. But like David Onama was was so dead tired for a full round. Pretty much, like the mo- the bulk of the last like ten and a half minutes of the fight, he he's just like dead tired and somehow still landing so hard. And you got Nate Landwehr who at times is just like, no, 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 you stand up. Like he he kind of could have pushed more with offense, and he just chose not to because he wanted it at certain places and certain ways he wanted the action to go down. And it ended up almost costing him the fight because he really could have lost round three I, as a result of his own actions. Ter- so. I don't know what he was thinking. Weird, weird, weird fight. It was fun. You can't deny how fun it was. But like, it, to... it was it. All right. Yeah, well, we're gonna talk about that soon. We will. So. We will. Um, but just the just the fact that everyone was kind of fawning over it as like, is this like an instant class? And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, there. This is this is very low skill. You know, in terms of UFC. Yeah. This was. You um... know, I'm not saying they don't have skill, but man, this was a sloppy and tired mess. I just had fun doing it, and watching it. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's it, okay. It was fun to watch. Yeah. I think we can we can in- admit we enjoy it while also admitting it some it was kind of a crummy fight at times too like yeah. ad- in terms of skill once again um and and on the other hand of things I I don't think Sanhagen Jan deserved as much praise as it got as an all-time classic oh it definitely is not other, an all-time classic it was a fun fight yeah on the uh, yeah. On, but on the other spectrum people were fawning over that like crazy too so. well, yeah yeah there's there's the people who really love technique and and granted there was it was high level stuff going on but yeah I don't know I, I wasn't, like, edging my seat for the, the right. duration of the fight in that way. Um, but I also wasn't laughing audibly. <laughs> I don't think... I think I did start laughing. Yeah, so it, like, yeah. Oh, what is he doing? Landwehr Odama is, is kind of, like, one of those, like, you laugh out loud because they're like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, one thing I wanted to get to before we kind of spit out some, some quick stats and get into the contested rounds is one thing that won't be part of contested rounds, and I think this... It's so much a surprise, we actually have to put it here. There were no split rounds in Angela Hill versus Lupita Godinez. Yeah, I didn't even want to mention her name in this show. I wanted it to be like, wow, we didn't even have to mention it. No, no, no. I think we but, have to acknowledge yeah, it. But now the fact she that makes, we somehow managed now she to makes the show again. That's okay. Yeah. What do you have against Angela Hill? I got nothing against it. It's you just we, like always, we always talk about her. Yeah, but we, we can just note, hey, we didn't actually have any contestants. It was a totally unanimous fight. I... I didn't get the chance to do research, but I mean, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, when is the last time Angela Hill had a three round fight went the distance, and no one, had, and there was not even a single round that was up for uh, up for contested rounds. It could, you know, what the thing is, that third round was close, and it and it could have went unanimous mm-hmm. for uh, Loopy, and Twitter would have lost its mind, <laughs> and we wouldn't, we wouldn't even have to talk about it because it was all unanimous. Yeah, that would that's what would have happened. Do you remember which judges were on that one? Because we we could give them a shout out. Uh, I don't remember. I could pull it up real quick, actually. If if we're uh, if we're gonna do that, I might as well just pull that up because it was judges Derek Cleary, Junichiro Camijo, and Chris Crail. So hey, shout out to them. Works for me. Yeah, they they they're your heroes in this one, sir. But real quick, again, before contested rounds, 
let's spit a couple of quick little stats out here. You like to share the uh, the unanimous re- round report, right? Sure. So why don't you start with UFC? Yeah, UFC, uh, 19 to 25 unanimous rounds. One of those rounds was a 9-8 split for a 76%. That's like typically, yeah, somewhere in the 73, mm-hmm. 76% range, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and by the way, these, the level of the judges at, at California, are, you know, top level judges, you get, kind of expect that. A mix of, you know, some judges we'd see less of in terms of traveling judges, like Chris Crail w- was in there as well. Uh, but he's worked UFCs before. This is nothing new. Uh, Elliot Kelly also got some some time, but yeah, I mean, and, and Aaron Bronstetter pointed this out, and I, I think rightly so. The way that California does this is is very smart. They put two veteran judges in there with these guys um, to give them experience, but alongside some more veteran ones, so they can either talk about it or maybe make sure that you know, hopefully, the, yeah. ideally, the more experienced guys will also be in there, right? But the thing about California is they got they got events like all week long. They do. California is so busy, so, so it's it's not even the same as like let's say Georgia or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. They 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 have some really quality judges there and I think it showed this was totally a, a a nice job done overall by the general team there. Um Bellator by the way was in South Dakota. They also got some of the the high quality judges traveling in there. They only had 18 rounds to deal with. 14 of them uh were unanimous, so 77.8%, just a little higher. Um and actually a couple guys uh, ended up working both California and South Dakota. We saw Mike Bell make the flight. We saw. Um, I'm glad he made his flight. We saw Jason Herzog doing refereeing, refereeing both places. Glad he made his flight as well. It's always nice when they do that because right now, well, you know, <laughs> you yeah. know too well, sir. You you. Uh, we didn't really talk about it on air, but but yeah. you had a, not a, everyone gets to go where they're scheduled. Not to. everyone gets to go where they want when they want. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to laugh at you, sir. Yeah, uh, but and then also a PFL, of course, was in action, and they were over in Wales, so they had some of those great European judges uh, that we see, especially you know the the UK guys in particular, Ben Cartledge, uh, David Letheby, Daryl Ransom, and Mark Collette. Good foursome right there. And they had 13 out of 20 uh, in agreement. One was a, a 9-8 split. So the percentage was 65%, just a little below. It's that's mm-hmm. pretty much perfectly normal. So, yeah, good job, I think, overall from a really busy weekend with some really great judges working all over the world. Yeah, nice job. Nice job. Let's go to contested rounds. And we're just focused on UFC here. We're only going to win the, the, what was it, six rounds? Six, six rounds, rounds from UFC. And we will start with uh, Landwehr Onama because... It was a majority decision. It did come down to round three to decide whether Nate Landwehr won or whether it was a draw. So round three, sir, what is happening here? Crazy round, as we alluded to before. Yes. Uh, Onama is gassed beyond belief, and Landwehr is doing whatever he wants. He's landing strikes. Onama's just falling down. Landwehr's making him get up. Landwehr... Keeps landing some good shots. I mean, you might be able to stop it at some point. If he keeps going, he's on his way to a stoppage or another 10-8. Uh, and then Onama comes to life and just starts blasting Landwehr, Landwehr with a couple really solid rights. Like three in a row. I don't know where he got the idea. Uh, yeah, who this. knows what happened. And <laughs> Landwehr's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have let him up here. Uh, at some point, Landwehr starts landing shots and he's back on the ground inside control. Landing some small shots, nothing crazy. And then just stands up and is like, you know what? No, get up. Like, I don't know what the thought process for that was. This is low fight IQ. This was like, <laughs> Very low I mean, fight IQ. I can cruise to what maybe 
I mean, if I keep doing some damage, either stoppage or maybe another 10-8. But no, I'm just going to let him back up and back into the fight. Because he's a maniac. It, it, he he was, yeah, he was showing that. He's just a maniac. Uh, but since he let him up, Onama comes in and drops him, swarms on him to end the round. I, I don't think Onama did enough to close the gap, but man, uh, he really did get close to it there. Oh, he made it so, super close. So, you, so you're saying you I, ended up on land? I ended up on land where 10-9. I mean, I did too. I'll... I'll, I'll... The the short answer is I got there as well, but man, I was really torn because you cannot deny that the the highest point of the round was definitely Onama, and he had some other points in the round. It's just he didn't have nearly enough, I think, to make up for just how much Landware also was able to do. Now, I almost it, it, scoring doesn't work this way, right? You only weigh the effect of what actually happened, right? Mm-hmm. But you almost wish you could penalize Landware because he just didn't. You should be able to pound him, but it's not how. It but works. it's not how it works. Not how it works. We're not gonna do it. It's not. I mean, you just don't get up at a psych and just stood up. Like I'm sick of this position. Let's try uh, something else. Yeah, it was wild. It was bad. That was that was bad thought there. But we got an even wilder fight as a result. Of and that, he had his so. back turned to him for like a good like ten seconds. It yeah. seemed while Onama was was working his way back up to his feet. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with going for Onama here because, again, I was really close yeah, to doing he made, it. Yeah, he made really it close. close. I he was super, it. super so, close to doing it. And it wasn't just that final, again, it wasn't those final 15 seconds. No, that, that mid-round was, surge that he had. I saw somebody point out, it's like, oh, how, how I guess Mike Bell was only paying attention the last 15 seconds. Like, that's not true at all. That is, that's yeah, that's an oversimplification well, of what sec- happened in the round. Another thing that helped me go landward is I thought, Landwehr uh, was maybe just a tad bit off balance, and he wasn't that rocked. But the way the way Onama swarms at the end, mm-hmm. and he, I, he basically runs out of time, it seems a little bit. Sure. So sure. Yeah. <laughs> who would have thought it was David Onama who needed more time <laughs> in that one? Yeah. Not less. <laughs> Man, what a weird, weird, weird fight. But yeah, it was. So it was Mike Bell again who had Onama here. We, you and I agreed with judges Junichiro Kamijo and and Derek Cleary. But again. I was really torn, so I have no problem with this one being uh, going either way. If it ended up being a draw, I mean, people wouldn't have liked it. They would have booed because we already saw there was a draw earlier in the night. Uh, we'll you know we'll get to that one. When Onama was losing the second round, because I was like, maybe the first, because the first round was a big round for him. Is first round was a uh, yeah, it was flirting with it, but it, it didn't go there. there. It didn't no. get there, but he started losing momentum. But late I thought, too, which I, really hurt, I but, thought yeah. for any of, anyone in the betting community, like the live bet draw was live. Okay. Like I thought, like anyone that would, I I have not bet on any fights since attending the conference. So okay, anyone that was doing that, I was, I was like, live draw is probably where to go here. <laughs> well, it would have lost. Obviously, it would have lost. Yeah, but it was sound, in play. Sound, sound thought. I got. I understand. Um, moving on though, there was there were two split decisions. We're gonna do these back to back. Starting with, uh, I think the one that probably more people were a little more up in arms about, which was the heavyweight fight, Martin Boudet. Uh, getting the winner over Yukas uh, Bresky. Listen, I don't know what the what I am. We need John Anik on this one. We really need a John Anik because the commentary team sometimes pronounced it with a D. I don't know how BRZ becomes DZ or DRZ. You know, it Polish was, pronunciations are very different. I I so, don't want to. I don't even pretend to know exactly how it works. So I I just respect the fact that I don't know and that I'm open to someone telling me the right way. Yeah, John Anik should have should have told us. It would have been helpful, but. Yeah, this this fight split decision, kind of the natural twenty nine twenty eight both ways. Um, round two is our split round here. So why are we talking about this as the potential swing? I mean, it's one of the swing. It's 
on the whole, this is a pretty technical heavyweight fight. I think it's it wasn't a bad it heavyweight wasn't, fight. You know, it I'm, wasn't just a slobber knocker. It's one that I would concede was a perfectly fine three round heavyweight fight. And you know how I yeah. feel. One round heavyweight right, fights exactly. are, are enough. Yeah, schedule them for one. Yeah, <laughs> or less. Just do four minutes even. Yeah. So, <laughs> but no, this was <laughs> no. This this is a good fight. Keep going. <laughs> I think Ringer Comment used to do four rounds. IFL rounds. used to do four so. rounds. <laughs> International Fight League. Good times. I was, I was talking with Jake Ellenberg about yeah. that one recently. The, not the rounds, but but the IFL in general. Yeah, was he there when Dan Miller made the guy listen to his heartbeat? I don't know if he was at that particular event, but yeah, he, he, was he, he had like one, one or two. He had one or two. Uh, I mean, he, I think he did fight in Atlantic City, so maybe. Uh, anyway, round two. Let's focus here, yeah. sir. IFL anyway. was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, Bresky, that's what I'm going to call him. That's, that's fine. Uh, just settle on something. Definitely winning in terms of total lands, but I think they aren't the strongest of strikes. He has a couple nice straight rights and, and some jabs and straights to the body. And even maybe a couple leg kicks don't appear that effective to me. I think Boudet uh, landed heavier, especially in the head strikes. And he had three three really strong leg kicks, I thought. Really good immediate impact on those. And when he landed to the head, I think they were noticeably, noticeably more impactful. I think Bresky caught a lot of glove for his head strikes. He was the more diverse striker. Definitely had the volume edge. Uh, but I favor Boudet. This is really around where uh, volume versus power, I think. So I'm, I'm going to admit something to you here. I wasn't entirely listening to you while you were talking okay. because I got sidetracked in my head thinking to myself that, you know what? Mar- Martin, uh, shake your Boudet would be an amazing that, name. Yeah, that would be. Right? Yeah. Like I got on that one and I, I kind of just wasn't listening. So you can understand it, I think, in that context, right? Okay. There's, there's a lot of nickname right. potential with Do you want me, do you want me to break it down No, 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 no. Basically- I, I watched what happened. Okay. But, I know what happened but in But my fight. reasoning- I'm What? All right, fine. What was your reason? I thought this was- a round of volume versus power, and I went with Boudet for the power. I think that's fair. I think that's 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 a good assessment. Um, I did go for Bresky, which again we're going with that as the pronunciation uh, by default. Mm-hmm. I I thought the volume was enough here to overcome it because they're just I I don't think Bresky was nearly hurt enough by these kind of fewer and farther between lands from Boudet. And granted, Bresky, like when he, especially those kicks, whenever he's li- like a kick lands on him, he like reacts heavily. Yeah. But I don't know that he's always reacting because it's like hurting or because he's like trying to catch it or what he's trying. He just, he is someone whose body language didn't do him any favors, I think. I thought they were, they were painful. I thought some of them, especially the early one, there was one in particular early that I was like, that one really hurt. But then there was one later that landed and I was like, yeah, the one he reaches down for, I didn't necessarily read that the same way as that was definitively hurt. I thought maybe Mm. he was trying to catch it. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm I'm open to being wrong on this, obviously. My, my opinion doesn't even matter because I didn't score the fight, right? We're just talking about it. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's you can certainly make the case either way. I don't feel that crazy about it. And the funny thing is, like at the end of the fight, you know, there was the commentator team was kind of like, yeah, I don't know about this. I thought he won, but then during the round, they're talking about the impact versus right, versus yeah. you know <laughs> cumulative. Which first off, can we just give like a little bit of a clap here for this commentary team, particularly from Daniel Cormier talking I... about this? Yeah, just just a little bit of praise. 
for this one in particular. There's this an- one. There's another this fight. One is what there's, I'm talking about. There, there was another fight where he was counting control as part of the duration. I, look, so baby steps, sir. Okay, yeah, can we? Right. Can we just? I like, love DC, and there's no one I want. I want on commentary more than DC every single fight. So. Listen, I'm a parent, right? So my children are going to make a lot of mistakes, okay. right? As we all did, we were all there, right? So they make all make a lot of mistakes. But when they do it right, you you gotta appreciate it. All right. You 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 throw a lot of praise their way, so they think, yeah, it's good. Not that DC's listening to the show, and not that he's meant to be treated like a child because he's a an Olympian and a world champion and a Hall of Famer. So even though he hung on the towel, yeah, I got no issue with the hanging. On the I had no issue with it, but but geez, put it out there sooner. Maybe it would have helped uh, Charlie Olives. Yeah, you know, normalize it. <laughs> Could have done it two months ago. Two months earlier, anyway. Anyway, um, but yeah, so I, I had it, Bresky. You had it for Boudet. Um, and, and Shake Your, of course, got the uh, the two judges on his side, Sal D'Amato and Elliot Kelly. I saw it the same way as Mike Bell. I no problem with it going the other way. I don't. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you're up in arms about it, come on. Just just chill off that. It's 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 a tough thing. Like, where, where does the line fall when it comes to... The cumulative versus the immediate impact. It's, it's it's a very very hard thing to place a definitive answer on in a round in a, like this. The you know, sh- it's I mean the 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 one thing is the Street Fighter power bar. Bigger bigger weapons are gonna take more out of you, and it, but the the smaller ones can overtake those big ones. See, Street Fighter is all about the combos, sir. We're we're gonna go off on a tangent if we do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mortal Kombat and any fighting game with a power bar. Sure. Fatality. Yeah. No fatality in that way. Uh, and, and none in this one, because, of course, this one was a split decision. Nina Nunez and Cynthia Calvillo. This was one of those ra- split decisions where we actually have two rounds to talk about here. So so let's get to it. Starting in round two, uh, after Nina Nunez won the first round. What's going on? Yeah, Nunez is doing well on the feet uh, for this first part of the round. She's landing good with her strikes, uh, good punches. And then Calvillo does take her down. On the ground, Calvillo is doing body-body head Pretty much, but she she does land a couple good ones to the head. Um, in these uh, little scrambles here, Nunez landed two strong up kicks, which I thought they were pretty solid, and I think that swung the round in her favor for me. Coupled with what she did before the takedown, ten nine Nunez. Yeah, it's there's not a ton to be scoring in this round, and I think those up kicks really did sway it for me because the immediate impact of them was was mm-hmm. significantly better than really what Calvillo was able to do, only from guard, like. She, it's a neutral position, right? You know, mm-hmm. she takes it there, but it's not a high impact takedown, and she's really not landing a whole lot. So yeah, I thought I think Nunez actually really deserves the the round here. Uh, same as you, opposite of Junichiro Camillo and Derek Cleary, but the same as Judge Chris Crail. Uh, so what does that mean for Judge Crail? Oh, his first couch that override. <laughs> Very nice for Judge Crail. Your your prize is in the mail. But, you know, who can trust the mail service? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> round three. What's going on round three? I thought this was Nunez's best round. She landed some really strong low kicks, uh, salad attacks up top. Salad or solid? Solid. Okay. Did I say salad? It sounded a little salad All right. Well, what are you going to do? What do you like on your salad? What, uh, what kind of dress? Honey mustard. Okay. But I, a good honey mustard. It has a little bit of spice to it still. Can I say I just hate salad? Yeah, yeah. That's I, fine. I really hate salad. I mean, I don't, I don't seek it. I eat it when it's given to me sometimes yeah, because I try to be yeah. an adult. <laughs> but oh god, it's awful. I really hate salad. I it I it's like eating the the stuff that I chopped up in my backyard today. All the okay. vegetation back there. Nice. Anyway. Anyway, I, I didn't I didn't feel Calvillo appeared to be as effective as Nunez this round. I thought I thought it was pretty clear 
in Nunez's favor, but obviously the perspective on TV is different than cage side. Maybe what I see as not very impactful looks different uh, when you're right up next to it. Yo, I did feel Nunez was the one landed more and better, and that's why I went for her 10-9. Why are you attacking Derek Cleary here? That not, was, that was an attacking. overt attack. No, no attack. I mean, yes, it was. It's. I think Aaron Bronstetter put it, pointed out that cage side perspective needs to be taken into account. No, it's true. It I'm, be I'm just trying so. to start stuff. <laughs> no beef with me and ain't, no, ain't no beef right <laughs> um yeah I, I mean i saw it the same way as you i saw it for nunez i didn't think it was crazy to go the other way but yeah it, it's honestly this is just one of those those women's fights where there's a lot of not a lot going on you know what i mean yeah, Some, yeah. sometimes we get this those. was a this was a interesting calvillo fight where she was not very aggressive at all yeah i don't kind know what's away going from on with her, her. So. it who knows? Maybe there's a confidence type of thing here or something. Or maybe it's just the the fact of understanding what, what Nunes can do uh, you know, as as a striker, you know, in her last fight, which I don't know who really knew that coming into it. But, yeah, she re- she was going to retire off of this no matter what. She took the gloves off. She knew mm-hmm. she, she was doing it even before the, the decision was read. So good on her. Yeah. Uh, she moves into the next phase, coaching and, and, uh, and making more babies. She got some momming to do. Go go have fun with that. If that's what she wants, more power to her. And uh yeah, and, and she gets to hang out with the uh the double champ again. Yeah. Yeah. When I say hang out, I mean be married to. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're hanging out while they do that. <laughs> I hang out with my wife. Um <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I, I saw the same as uh as you, as as Judges Camillo and Crail. So you and I ended up with the same scorecard as Judge Chris Crail. Yeah, thirty twenty. Thirty twenty seven. I think that's perfectly fine. It's it's kind of funny because obviously you you get thirty twenty seven, then you have a split decision. You say, okay, actually, it does make sense here. It mm-hmm. makes a little bit of sense. Anyway, two more rounds. Uh, this was in this was another pivotal round actually. Yusuf Zalal against De- uh, Demond Blackshear, and they fought to a majority draw because of what happened in round three. After Blackshear wins wins the first two rounds, Zalal back against the wall here. He might, he might even be cut if he loses this fight, right? And he comes out like a monster. So we're talking about a potential 10-8 here. Why? Why? What's happening? Yeah, well, this one, compared to the other two rounds, stays standing. Zalal's landing some good jabs. Blackshear is clearly gassed. As the round progresses, Zalal is landing better shots as it goes longer. Blackshear is desperately trying to get a takedown. Not getting it. He's absolutely spent at this point. Zalal lands a huge body shot that doubles over Blackshear. From here on out, it's Blackshear just trying to survive. Zalal finishes the round just pounding hammer fists. I think he got all three Ds here for a 10-8. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, he totally outclassed him, for sure. Mm-hmm. So there's dominance, you know, the duration of the round. He's certainly, and, and especially the duration of the damage that he's dealing out at that mm-hmm. very end, that high-level damage. I don't think, I think with, just imagine this was an IFL round and it ends after four minutes. I think we're only talking about a 10-9. Maybe. I think so, because I don't see the highest degree of damage being delivered. I think it's a it's when a did good that body strong, shot I think it's like a strong 10-9, right? I don't know. I didn't that, think that about would, it. That would come into play. How, how... It's true. It's true. But but I think it's much easier to give the eight oh, once you got him on top, later on and, and yeah. because of that latest I mean, yeah. when i say end sequence i mean end of the fight not yeah. not end of the uh the get the finish right because right. obviously we're talking about a round that finished um yeah it i i think it did get to the point of the eight here i think an eight is a really good score here and, and probably probably a a should rather than a can consider yeah, in I my opinion so. yeah so so yeah and, and that's where we ended up of course getting two judges seeing it the same way as us two judges and giving the 10-8 to Salal, it was uh, Judges Sal D'Amato and Mike Bell. 
uh, who went that way. Judge Chris Crail went the other way. He went only went for the nine. So I'm not sure what he was necessarily looking for here because I do think, again, it's more of a should than a, than a can consider. But, um, you know, may, maybe it's just kind of trying to calculate yourself to the compass of what an eight is. I feel like the eight nine situation has just gotten so so skewed. Especially over here in the states. Yeah. Well, know? that's what that they say, right? They were saying going nine or eight is is what they stress over more than pick finding a winner. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they said that in the in the training you're talking yeah. about when we went to training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And and I think that's the one where it's much easier to be forgiving about it unless it's like a total beatdown. Like this, you know. I I do feel like this is a should, like I said, mm-hmm. but there are also deeper shoulds, and I don't think this is one that I'm crazy about chris Crail not going that way it's i've seen worse that maybe didn't go that way and you're like mm-hmm. come on what what are you what were you looking for mm. i don't know that this was the one i'd stand that i'd die on the hill for okay but it's getting closer to it right yeah you definitely want to see this should be an eight i mean also, also, what it comes down to this should be an eight also blackshear had zero offense yeah so yeah it nothing to do there so it's uh fortunately i think it worked out as best as it could have for Zalal, mm-hmm. as uh, as long as he doesn't get the finish, right? right? Because he was going to lose the decision unless he got the 10-8 or finished the fight. He managed to get the majority draw. He doesn't need all three of them to, to agree. He right. just needs to get the two. And that's how he was managed to get the majority draw uh, here. With Blackshear, of course, had the 29-28 uh, in his column. But, yeah... I don't know if it saves the job or not. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. You know, I certainly don't root against or, or for anybody to lose their job. But um, yeah, it's a tough situation. I, I'm, wherever he lands, whether it's UFC or not, I think he's shown at least he's got some fight in him, you know? Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, and then the last round of the evening, this was, you know, obviously it's a, it's a first round we're going to be talking about here. So those are really pivotal. But this didn't actually factor into... The result of the fight so heavily once it went down. Uh, Yasmin Yaregui. Yaregui. I'm going to say it wrong. I'm trying. I think it's Yaregui. Yaregui? Yeah. I don't know. They Either way, uh, also, very fascinating women's prospect here against a, a different Yasmin, different spelling, uh, Yasmin Lucindo. Unanimous, 30-27 and 229-28. So we're talking about round one as the split. Why? Uh, this is a, a lot to unpack in this round, so I'm, I'm not going to go for the, the strike for strike play by play here. That's fine. Uh, what I felt was Lucinda landed the heavier strikes in most of the exchanges. You would see Yaragui get moved off her stance with her lands. Uh, her head got snapped around a bit. I didn't see that as much when Yaragui landed on Lucindo. Yaragui did mix up her targets very well. She attacked the legs while Lucindo primarily headhunted. Um, but I think her shots were more effective. Ten nine Lucindo. I think Yaragui Yer- at least had some some maybe some heavier lands like early in the in the fight, but wasn't able to connect with as mm. many of them later. I remember that the one that sticks out is she she pops Lucindo good, and yeah. then Lucindo just answers with with a with yes. a bomb of her own. Yes, so. that's absolutely right. Yeah, that that is the exchange that I'm particularly thinking of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that I'm I'm on the same page as you. That's we both had Lucindo here. But it is a close round, and, and it's a fun round too. Mm-hmm. This was a really nice fight. Like you know, we said before, you know, sometimes maybe a a women's fight doesn't always have the most pop and that kind of thing. Or maybe no, they're these, kind of this was did. a this was a good fun fight. Doesn't matter if you're a man or woman. This was a fun fun fight. I really like this fight, and I like this round too. Um, but we're on the same page. This is a Lucindo round. We saw it as Sal D'Amato and Derek Cleary did. Ron McCarthy was the uh, the dissenting judge here. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and and so. and like and like we alluded to, things look different from the case. Exactly, he misses one thing or two things because of positioning. 
Mm-hmm. That happens. Ultimately, the right woman won. And, and I'm very interested in Yaregui. Yaregui? Yaregui? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just wait for Anik. Anik will tell us. Yeah, she's going to. Anik will get it right. <laughs> uh, but that is, uh, that is it for our contested rounds, sir. We had seven finishes. Is that right? Seven finishes? Seven finishes. Six by TKO or KO, one sub, and four in the first. You're sure this is right? Yeah. Okay. I was, I, well, I was tallying as the fight was happening. Oh, fair so. enough. I don't know. I believe you. It just it sounds so similar to last week. I guess it wasn't because last week was all finishes, but I don't know. Yeah. I believe you. I believe you. I'm just, I don't know. It's late. <laughs> What's your favorite of the finishes? My favorite And was, we're just talking about UFC, yeah. obviously, right? Gerald Mearshart, uh, guillotine choke, clubbed Bruno Silva with a, with a big left, drops him, grabs the neck and finishes it with the John Jones versus Machida grip, minus the face plant, and I thought that was a... A solid way to win for Jared Milshar. If I was to have predicted how this fight would have gone, I would have <laughs> said pre-fight Milshar's submission in round that three. That would have been. Oh no, no, I. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I could say to you that yeah, I thought that I knew what round this would happen in, but like there, there is something to him kind of having this skill a little later in the fight. He third round submissions are not easy, and he somehow that's manages a, to get that's what them. he does. Yeah. It's it's like the it's like uh, Yoel third round Yoel, <laughs> but knockouts are a little easier to come by, let's say, than than a submission. And once mm. you pass by the ten minute mark of a fight, very impressive. Um, and he's he's such a fun fighter to watch. Every every time he's in there, I mean, there's certain matchups that you know maybe he'll just get kind of smothered and that kind of thing. But if you if you give him a chance to put the offense out there, he's just always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your fight? Your finish? Oh, it had to be Vera. I mean that yeah, knockout. That's a good this, one. this is this is now two 2011 champions, mm-hmm. right? From the year 2011 that we're talking yeah. about uh that he is not only smashed but like we've now seen a couple of still images produced that the the facial expressions that are given to the guys that he's knocking out with his feet are I don't want to say hilarious cuz that's disrespectful but they're they're fascinating. Just the ripples and like yeah. the fact that he just smashed Dom's nose um we don't know how long he'll be out. Like we're saying, just could throw the monkey wrench into into Cruz and, and Edgar if if even that was would have been in play. Mm. Um, but that has to be my favorite yeah, finish easily. Was, was pretty. It awesome. was just so good. Um, I do want to shout out uh, on the Bellator broadcast though. Actually, the the headliner we haven't seen as many good. I know you didn't watch this, but we haven't seen as many like let's say entertaining headlining fights in Bellator. But I was actually looking forward to. Uh, Neiman Gracie and and Goichi Yamauchi Yamauchi, excuse me, um, and I think it delivered. And also Yamauchi did what I didn't think he would do, which was knock out uh Neiman Gracie. There was a really awesome uh like uppercut he lands, and right. Gracie's basically just out. You should fi- you should find that clip at least. Maybe it's a good fight. Yeah, I'll, don't act like a snob, dude. I'm not. It I is a fun right. finish. Maybe. I'll... And this this is at least the same level as UFC. All right. Yeah, All I right. think I think it's worth going to find. Um, is it better than Josh Quinlan? Um, because that was an awesome knockout. Jo- Josh Quinlan had a really good finish there too. I I think this is more impressive though, because of the caliber of opponent. Okay. I think that uh, absolutely has to weigh into it. But it was a good knockout. I mean, they were both good knockouts. They're both fun. Just watch. Just wa- watch violence. Is all I'm saying. In cage violence, I mean, like I'm don't gonna, you know? Maybe don't go I'm find. I'm not gonna go start. So if I don't find it in ten seconds. Or, or, or a minute. I'll give it a minute. When we I'm get off of here, I will find it. it on my phone and I will show you. All right. All right. So that is uh, that is it for the past weekend. Let's look ahead. Um, and briefly, we'll look at what comes before the the real main course of the weekend. We'll look at PFL nine, the final leg of the PFL playoffs. 
Saturday afternoon there in London. Well, afternoon Eastern time. It's always evening over there. Um, but this one's in London, so we'll get, I'm sure, those UK judges. Probably the same gentleman who worked this past one. Maybe maybe someone else. Maybe a, maybe a Howard Hughes or, or a Paul Sutherland mixed in as well. Who knows? But we got women's lightweight. We got featherweight. Um, I know you're not particularly interested in Kayla Harrison fights anymore. I know you're not. It's all, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. She's fighting. Great. She is. I mean, I don't think PFL's too excited about her fighting either. Putting her on her Saturday afternoon. So I, I'm pretty sure PFL knows that Kayla Harrison being there is is a monster part of their uh, business model at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, here's the thing: is it's enormous Saturday. I'm not going to burn out watching PFL and then have to go the whole all the way to 1 a.m. This is when they do their playoffs, though. This is just when they do it. Yeah, they could have picked a different time. No, they can't. They it's kind of up to you, uh, ESPN too. Yeah. Well, that was poor pointing on ESPN then. ESPN plus getting a venue and all these things. They probably don't. I imagine they would prefer not to put on their fights during the daytime on Friday, which is why I think last week we mistakenly said, I mistakenly said that it was a Friday uh, event this past weekend. It was, in fact, Saturday. I'm sure you figured that out when you tried to look for it Saturday, Friday afternoon and you realized, oh, it's not there. And when he says you, he means you, the listener. You, the listener. So I was not searching for it. No, so. no, you never are because uh, you're a UFC snob. Hey, that's where the talent is. Yeah, it's where the interesting fights are. I should say. I think I, there's talent elsewhere. It's just there's not interesting. Look, if you're not interested in Kayla Harrison versus Martina Jandrova or Larissa Pachenko against Elena Kolesnik, fine. But I do think there's some interest, especially uh, the headline or not the headliner because the Kayla Harrison's the headliner. But the the she's top... not the headliner. There's four post limbs on this card. That doesn't. This is so headline stupid. Headline is not this is, last fight. Headline is be, the top fight. It should on the be billing. the people come main event. This is the main event. This is how we close out the night. But no, we got four fights after this that people are not even going to stick around for. You know, I legit it's actually kind of liked the post limbs when I covered the event. Because it made it much easier for them to not kick me out right after, and I got my work done, so it was really nice. I mean, because like, I'm, I'm there writing about the main event, like I don't need to sit through the other stuff. As, as someone who's working for the New York Post, that's what I needed. I needed Anthony Pettis and uh, and Stevie Ray. I didn't need all the other fights, so they can happen while I'm writing. That was fine with me. I mean, I mean, I'm spending way too much time on PFL right now. But if you have time, <laughs> if you have time, or you can schedule actual post limbs, then you could also alter the schedule to where they're not post limbs i mean i get the, the john fitch post limb that happened i think ufc 100 <laughs> yes i understand how Paul that Tiago. came about that happened because of it went long on accident it wasn't a pre-scheduled post limb well you know when you say on accident that was just poor planning on their exactly, part too yeah. so that, that's the ufc's fault also i mean these are but that was like a live and learn situation they were still you know I don't want to say new to the business, but it was twenty. It was two thousand nine when that happened. It, I don't think they hadn't had the thing for ten years now. Now they've had it for close to twenty. So, um, but honestly, the, the fight that I think is most interesting here is Chris Wade against uh, Brendan Lofname at, Fe- at featherweight. That's a good fight. You want a UFC caliber fight? That's a UFC caliber fight. Sure, I'll watch the replay. <laughs> and then Ryoji Kudo against uh, Bubba Jenkins is the other featherweight fight. So, I don't know. I, I'm interested in those. I I could watch those during the daytime before. Uh, before UFC 278 starts, it really takes over because that's, of course, in the evening. Kamar Usman, Leon Edwards, the rematch that I feel like really made a lot of sense like as long as three years ago. And we're yeah, finally as, getting as a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. I was talking with uh, Leon about that. And obviously there was a bunch of you know things that happened in the interim. There was, you know, 
There was his event, by the way, when he was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley. Mm-hmm. He never actually fought Tyron Woodley because that was the first event that the UFC actually like lost. They yeah. just straight up didn't have that event happen. Um, I think some of the fights ended up getting moved. Is what I'm kind of it's kind of escaping me at this point. But yeah, a lot of chaos. Yeah, bunch of opponents that dropped out and all these things over time, and and just didn't get fights. And there was the weird ending with him and Bilal Muhammad, and and just what a weird sequence of events the last three years for this guy. But he's finally here. He yeah. he deserves the shot. It's, I mean, losing to Nate probably held him back a bit. Oh my god. Um. But yeah, this guy. he definitely deserves the shot now. This guy. Um, yeah, it, it's it's I think it's an interesting, fascinating fight, too. I actually really do. Um, I guess the question really comes down to is, has Leon Edwards improved his wrestling enough? And is that an approach that Kamaru Usman is going to take advantage of? Because they've both grown as fighters. We'll see. Usman is always improving. Yeah. So, But when you I, I watched that fight this week, the first fight, Leon did win that first round. Seven years ago, a lot of things have changed in seven years, of course. But that's the thing. It there was like it was two out of three judges gave it to him, and I I think me scored at home through uh, through modern scoring sensibilities and my understanding of it. I would say yeah, I think he really did win that first round. But the, the wrestling took over in the later two rounds. We'll see what happens. Is is Usman actually going to really ex- uh, you know exchange with him on the feet? Is is does he feel like he needs to give uh, too much respect to Leon Edwards striking? I don't know. We'll we'll see. It's an interesting fight though. I think this is this is really fascinating. I like the matchup. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for it. This very is, this excited was, for it. This was what we should have gotten a while ago, like you said. Like you said. So and here we are. Um, that is the only title fight on the card. But I think it's a good one to support it, of course. we got the top pound-for-pound pound guy, Kamaru Usman, in Utah. This yeah. one's in Utah. I can't remember the last time they that were actually in no Utah. Clue. I know they were supposed to be in Utah when they ended up being in San Diego for John Jones and Vladimir Matyushenko. Okay. Which was the last time they were in San Diego before this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny that they're going one after the other here now. Uh, that was that was a very strange turn of events. But... We now, I mean, we've got to expect, obviously, they're going to bring in top judges. That's just what the UFC will do. Yeah, that, that, um, we're good. I, I am not, I will not be uh, surprised at all. But, you know, hey, we had a lot of, uh, there was a lot of Utah representation mm-hmm. at the uh, ABC conference uh, in terms of the um, you know, regulators and, and people on the staff and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, I, 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 it sounds like they're very passionate about, you know, combat sports mixed martial arts in particular and and it'll be interesting to say they do a lot of uh, mma shows over there i think they said they do like 40 uh mma shows a year in utah and then it's like nine or ten boxing shows so it's much more of an mma mm-hmm. state yeah in terms of the conference so you know hopefully they do get a couple of local judges on there that get a little bit of experience but you know i'm sure will hopefully be. they're sensible in so. how they schedule it and, and and go with kind of that perf- like the way california's done it i i liked the way uh Ohio did it, even though maybe don't put them on like the the main card. Maybe just leave it to the the traveling judges there, where some of these fights are much more important, such as Aldo and Davalosvili. We talked about that earlier. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Well said. I think we move on, right? Yeah, we talked about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I guess we kind of handled that right. one, right? It's but it is. I mean, it really is fascinating. Uh, Marab, I when I talked to him about the fight. You know, I asked him like, do you, you know, do you think about the fact that it's like this is Jose Aldo? He's like, you know, I, I think of, I think it is just another fight. But then when I allow myself to, like, like I'm like, man, this is Jose Aldo. He's a legend, you know. Mm. Like he understands, you know, and, and and he's not just trying to put up a poker face. Okay. You know, which like when you when you hear people say, oh, he's just another opponent, like this is Jose Aldo. He's literally one of like the probably four greatest fighters that's ever ever 
competed in this sport at this point. I have no problem putting him in like my Mount Rushmore in terms of accomplishment, in terms of yeah, what he's he could be up sport. there for sure. I have no like you can everyone's top four can be different. I'm putting him in there. Who who is your top four? Let's let's go there top real quick. Four? Top four. Of Mount Rushmore, Let's I guess see. we'll do with Jim Miller, Dan Miller, oh, stop. Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz. Oh God, <sighs> you you are such. All a right, <laughs> Demetrius Johnson. That's fair. He beats everybody any size. Mm-hmm. If he if he if he's a, if he was a heavyweight and he had the skill he has, I'm supposed he, to speak with him actually uh, in the morning, people. sir. Like when people are listening to the show, I'll be speaking with him. Yeah. So DJ John Jones, GSP, and Aldo probably to leave an Anderson Silva. So. I didn't even think of him, man. Wow, Anderson. All right, Anderson. You, you know, we're gonna go <laughs> six. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. Mount Rushmore there. just gets more faces. Yeah, they just get six. Just more continue faces. to deface the the Black Hills. I forgot about Anderson, so that's a that's a bad miss. <laughs> that's a really bad yeah, miss. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah, I, oh gosh, I don't know. I I don't know where I would end up going then. So so I, I spoke off the cuff when I put in my top four, but I, I will. I'm gonna confidently say Aldo's in there. I'm going to say GSP. I'm going to say Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, and I might have to say John Jones over Anderson Silva. John Jones over Anderson. Yeah, I, I don't know. I hate doing it. I hate doing it. Right. I don't like it at all. But <laughs> I kind of backed myself into that, didn't I? Yep. Yeah. Backfired. Yep. What other oh, wow. fights we got on here? Uh, we got uh, Anderson Silva against... No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Paulo Costa against Luke Rockhold. This is the co-main event, actually. Yeah, and I, a, uh, I mean... I, I like it. I think it's a, an interesting matchup for, for both of them, honestly. Do you think... I mean, Luke Rockhold hasn't fought since 2019. And his first fights with Paulo Costa. Uh huh. It's not a fun fight. No, but so, well, it's fun for us. But it's what's, not. I think it's interesting because I think the thinking here is probably Costa maybe has like you know a round plus in him to like really do some <laughs> damage on on Luke. I, I'm not saying he would like totally gas out, but I think Luke Rockhold of the two is the one who's going to be more likely to be fresher in those later rounds, as long as his chin can hold up. Yeah, that that's why it's fascinating, come. though. Has the three years helped that? Why would it help that? Why was it? Why does his chin improve? Because it hasn't. His brain hasn't taken damage in three years. But it's still it's, taking it, the damage, but it, it heals. It gets really time. It really heal. doesn't. We don't know enough about the brain to know if it doesn't. We know doesn't. it doesn't get a whole lot better over time. I don't. I don't know. It, it, take some time off. Let your when you get knocked out, you need to take time to let your brain completely heal from that knockout. No question. Like three years. We gotta see did his brain heal enough. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not gonna think that his chin got any better in that time. I think really it's got to come down to how well he can protect that chin. Well, it's gonna get tested by Paul Costa for sure. Not necessarily. He he's gonna hit him pretty hard. But is he gonna land it? That's the question. He might. Yeah, I think he's. He's not gonna get into a fight and not land a single shot. I'm not saying he's not gonna land a single shot, but maybe he doesn't well, land the real flush shot. I mean, like uh, it. Look, if you, oh, if you touch, if you touch. Luke Rockhold on, you know, his cheek. Is he going to go down? Probably not. He's got to land on the button. The button a gets few bigger. Buttons. There's a few buttons, too, by the way. You know, hit behind the, you know, around the I, temple and in the ear or on the chin, the jaw, you know, all these different spots, right? Depends. The nose. Dep- yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Toe in the teeth. Toe in the teeth. It's a good way to... Hey, my, my son actually lost a tooth yesterday. How good? I had to do the tooth fairy uh, thing. <laughs> nice. I mean, when I say I did, I mean, you know, the tooth fairy did. Yeah. We know. <laughs> we know the Tooth Fairy is, is the Tooth Fairy. And, yeah. uh, I just sit there and wait around, and somehow <laughs> five bucks is gone from my wallet. Um, yeah, do you think that the Tooth Fairy actually uh, was bringing money? Like, just has, like, all this, like, 
loans or are they just taking money out of the parents' wallet? Because I think that's probably what it was. Yeah, I mean, the Tooth Fairy is just robbing these parents blind. It's kind of bold. And being the hero. It's, so, yeah, it's, that's, that's a load. That's happening. a load. Um, and the only, I mean, not the, the only other fight I'm interested in, but as far as like kind of the fights I'm more interested in off of this card, one that jumped out at me was uh, Alexander Romanov. And I don't normally signal out heavyweights, right? But he's fascinating because he's always winning with these like uncommon subs. I don't want to say unorthodox because they're they're normal subs, but they're just subs we don't always see at the UFC level. You know, like forearm chokes and key locks and all sorts of weird things that just don't typically happen in the UFC. So I'm curious if he can actually do this against uh, Marcin Tabura. We shall see. That's that's just one I'm I'd looking be, forward uh, to, and I hope I, it happens in in one round. That would be lovely. Yeah, I hope <laughs> I I would like to see another Americana. So. Or you know, what what what's like a give me like a, a like a silly submission like w- that he could get in a, in a fight. Cause he, I feel like you know something. Ezekiel than me choke maybe. I mean, I, yeah, maybe, but I don't know. That's 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 a certain guy's move. You know what I mean? Mm, scarfold. Yeah, maybe scarfold. Bicep slicer would be interesting. <laughs> you win that with would, that. You know what? Let's go with bicep slicer. Right. I, I I want him to win by bicep slicer. I'm not okay. rooting for anything, but if he wins, <laughs> it should be bicep slicer. That's, right. that's what I'm pulling for. That does it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again on Monday to break down the weekend's events. Yes, we will. Maybe we'll have a guest. Hopefully, that would be... Uh, we like to do that for the pay-per-views. Yeah, we'll... pay-per-views. We like to get a guest. We'll see what we got. We do. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Take care, everyone. <laughs>